guys, Michelle Visser here. Today, we are talking about how to keep Christmas simple. Let's dive right in. I'm Michelle Visser, author of Sweet Maple and creator of the blog and YouTube channel Solely Rested, because sometimes the only rest you can find is in your soul. Welcome back to the Simple Doesn't Mean Easy podcast, where we talk about how to simplify our lives in the midst of modern day life, one step at a time. Let's do this together. So as we come to the end of 2020, some of us are going, finally, right? It's been a tough year. There is no denying it. And I feel like more than ever, It's a great year to do everything we can to keep Christmas simple. So I thought about it and I came up with six really simple thoughts. (laughs) I didn't mean that as a pun or anything, um, but really simple thoughts on ways to keep Christmas simple. So first of all, maybe the easiest one, although maybe not. I mean, sometimes I really got to remind myself of this. Tip number one, keep it fun. Don't get stressed out. Don't worry if everything's just perfect. And I guarantee you, if you stick to this tip, you absolutely will not have a Martha Stewart home. And that's okay. In fact, you know, everybody would rather be comfortable and relaxed than uptight and worrying about everything staying just perfect, right? So it's okay to not have a Martha Stewart home. I mean, I'm sure her home's beautiful, but I have a feeling I wouldn't be very comfortable there. So I am okay that I am not a Martha, but the simplest way that we kept it fun this year as we were starting to decorate was to start relying heavily on my old record player. There's something about music on vinyl that just gets everybody, I don't know, more mellow and chill and just more relaxed. So we pulled out lots of old Christmas records And one by one, flipping one side to the other, or we've gone through all of them once or twice and we're going through them again. And it's a, it's a simple little thing that helps us keep it fun. So whatever it is for your family, maybe it's just having a great playlist on Spotify that gets you all happy and ready to sit down and string popcorn for the tree or get out the ornaments. It could be as simple as lighting candles or taking a long walk before you dive into the decorating or maybe watching a Hallmark movie as part of your Christmas celebration, whatever, if that makes you relax and if you think that's fun, you know, whatever it is that is really relaxing and fun for you, make sure you make time to do it and maybe even make time to do it before or right before the really stressful things. Like if, if getting out those antique ornaments that are really special to you and you really want to get out every year, but you get stressed, if that's what really triggers your stress every year, then before you go looking for that box of ornaments, light some candles, put on an, uh, your favorite Christmas music, take a deep breath, right? <laughs> Whatever it takes, keep it fun. Tip number two, and this one, I realize is easier for me than for some people, but I really have enjoyed foraging for things this year. And it really helped me keep things super simple. Just taking a walk, 
seeing what we could find, gathering up. One day we took a bucket and gathered up pine cones, gathering up lots of evergreen branches or maybe some holly clippings, whatever you have available to you. And if it's not in your yard, maybe you have a neighbor or a friend somewhere you can go to. Maybe if you go to buy a Christmas tree, there's somewhere there that you can go snip some other greeneries. or Maybe you can just kind of pick them up where the trees are getting bundled up. There's like an area you can just go gather some evergreen clippings, you know, wherever you can find it. If you can forage things, I feel like it really makes things so much more simpler. And whatever it is you're able to get a hold of, that's what you stick to. If all you have is pine cones, then use pine cones in all kinds of creative ways. I feel like foraging is also part of the way that we really kept it extra fun this year, a couple different times, just getting out in the crisp cold air, bundling up, going for a walk, just kind of got us in the mood to chill out together. (laughs) So those two things really worked hand in hand for us this year. As far as what you could go and forage, Grapevines are fantastic if you have access to them anywhere to use them for a base for all kinds of wreaths that you might want to make. If you could forage dried leaves, like maybe there's some plants or some shrubs that the leaves have died on, but they haven't fallen off yet. That makes sense. It's kind of hard for me to describe. I'm going to leave a link in the comments to this whole idea in article form and there'll be pictures and you can see what I'm talking about with these leaves if you want to check that out. But Haley went, Haley's my youngest. She, and she's not young anymore. (laughs) Oh my goodness. She's turning 18 next week. Anyway, she went down to our marsh area on our homestead and found these really great plants. It's like, it was kind of like, how do I describe it? It's ground cover almost, but it's like at least a foot tall. Maybe it's two feet tall now that I think about it. Yeah, it probably is about two feet tall. I have no idea what this plant is, but in the fall, it turns out so cool looking. It's like a rust color and the leaves cover the plant. And before the snow hits and the leaves are all decimated, it's just gorgeous in the marsh. Well, she went down to these plants took our clippers and gathered a whole bunch of clippings of this plant covered in these dry rust colored brown leaves. And she used them to make a wreath this year. Kayla actually did all the twisting of the grapevines to make a base. And then Haley sat down with her plants that she had foraged and made this gorgeous wreath. It was so gorgeous. We went and made another one. Whatever you have accessible to you, I bet you, you can make something really cool with it. And I bet you you haven't even thought of it yet. Like I, we've lived here for, I don't know, six, seven years now. And I haven't even considered using that plant slash ground cover kind of stuff for any kind of a craft. But Haley came up with this idea and it's gorgeous. The only sad part is the snow came and got rid of all the leaves. I actually wanted to make some more and ran out of time. Another thing, of course, would be evergreens that you can use to put in your grapevine wreath. And you can also use evergreens just to make swags. You can just clip off branches and connect them together with fishing wire or with twine, make it as long as you want it to be, and have some really pretty swags. 
even sometimes just laying the evergreen pieces in different places around your home is all you need to do. In fact, <laughs> the most unusual, is that the word I should use, way that I used a branch, maybe not unusual, um, one that you would notice as soon as you enter the room. <laughs> My daughters roll their eyes at me, but I actually think it looks great. We have this, I think it's called a horse bridle holder. It's an antique, like it's like a pegboard with really long pegs. I guess they're maybe two foot long wooden pegs that used to hang in a barn before the barn was um, torn down. And this was salvaged from the barn. And a really sweet, awesome friend gave this to me years and years ago. And I've always treasured it. And it has a few kind of memorable items hanging on it in our family room. And I took just one whole branch from a pine tree. I literally brought the whole branch home and I just laid it on top of this big horse bridle pegboard kind of thing. And that was all that was needed in that corner of the room. And it has lots of evergreen now and it smells good in the room. And it was that simple. <laughs> so you can make it as complicated and take three hours to weave together an amazing, intricate wreath or as simple as laying a branch over some area in your home that it works and looks nicely. So however you choose to go out and find a few things outside in nature, there's so much gorgeous possibility available to us just right outside our door. So that's what I did this year. Step number three to keeping it simple is to think about keeping your tree simple. This year, we actually followed this tip to the complete extreme, as much as one could follow it. We have an absolute 100% Charlie Brown tree this year, and I love it. <laughs> um, someone actually was talking to me on Instagram a few days ago about my tree, and she really pointed out something I hadn't even thought of. And actually, that's when I thought, oh, I need to record a podcast about this because <laughs> she was saying, you know, you're the one who coined it, that simple doesn't mean easy. And I know that that tree wasn't easy, but gosh, it's so gorgeous. And she was going on and on about how simple is often the most beautiful way to go. And it doesn't always mean it's easy, though. And she actually was very right about that. And I joked and sent her a picture of the base of my tree. And you can see it in the link in the show notes for the, to the show, because this might sound, I don't know if I can explain this as well as, you know, if you just saw the picture, it would make sense. But <laughs> so in order to get this little Charlie Brown tree propped up correctly, we had no tree stand that would do it because it's just too tiny. It's like a stick. <laughs> and I wanted it to look, even though it's kind of pathetic, I wanted it to look as nice as I possibly could. <laughs> Um, so I got my grandmother's fermenting crock and I got a half gallon mason jar, put the mason jar inside the crock. So that is my source of water for the tree. And then I got a whole bunch of old towels and shoved them in between the jar and around inside the fermenting vessel, between the jar and the fermenting vessel, because this tree could go toppling any second. And I didn't want my mason jar to shatter all over inside, you know, the ferment crock. So the towels were around it as a cushion. And then I just got masking tape and I made a whole bunch of X's surrounding the trunk of the tree. So the masking tape 
in a grid-like fashion is holding my tree upright. And so far, it's held out. <laughs> I, I think it might actually work for the duration of the Christmas season. And then to cover up all that craziness of my masking tape fixes, I just got another old towel and laid that on top of everything and just kind of finagled it so it looked just right. And it looks, I don't know, it looks, it looks pretty nice. You'd never imagine the ridiculous efforts I went to for this Charlie Brown Christmas tree. <laughs> but okay, so maybe you're going, okay, Michelle, how does that really make things simple? That sounds complicated. I mean, in a way, yes, it took me a little while to figure out how I was going to do this. But it, it also made things a lot simpler because I decided this year, because we had this scrawny little tree, we weren't going to get out all those boxes. And we didn't. We actually haven't gone up to our barn attic and drug down. You know, we have these large, like big Rubbermaid boxes. I don't know, like four or five of them. And then some other boxes that are just for the ornaments. And we just didn't do it because I, wow, a truck just went by on the road outside. Um, we, we didn't bring out all the boxes and we just put some dried oranges and a few pine cones and lights and I have some wooden beads that I strung around the tree and that was it and it really felt kind of good and I'm also thinking next year when we go to bring down all the usual ornaments and you know there's a lot of very special ornaments in there that have very special memories to me I have a feeling that next year they're going to be even more meaningful because I went a Christmas without them if that makes sense but also I feel like the effort of if you use an artificial tree, you know, getting down the tree and getting all of the branches placed just right, that can take a while. And if not, if you go out to, you know, to pick out a tree as a family, even though it's a great tradition and I cherish it, it's, it can take up a lot of time. You got to plan ahead. Then you can kind of get kind of stressed because wait, it's getting late in the month and we haven't, we haven't done this yet. It was actually really nice. For the, <laughs> Kayla says, you know what? Let's just go cut a tree. Let's just go out in the backyard, walk into the woods and see what we can find. We grabbed clippers. We went off and I'm like, oh, we're not going to be able to clip a whole tree with just these clippers. Well, no, that's how small this tree is. And the girls found it. They both agreed this, this will look great. And within like, I think it was less than 10 minutes. We had the tree in our living room. <laughs> so it's one way that we kept things more simple this year. So tip number five, oh, by the way, I'm not saying you have to have a Charlie Brown Christmas tree. My main point in all of that is don't feel like you have to do the same old, same old. Don't feel like you have to get out all the ornaments and you have to use them all because, you know, your first child's first Christmas ornaments in there. You have to put it up. You do every year. You don't have to. You really can keep it simple. You really can maybe just stick to a theme. Maybe just make all dried fruit and pine cones like we had. Maybe make a popcorn garland and just relax, you know? Or maybe you'd like to have a certain theme of a certain color or, um, you know, a lot of people do some neat Jesse trees that the ornaments all represent the names of Christ, you know? However, it, it's sometimes really nice to step back and just do it differently. And that can, can be pretty relaxing. And tip number four, keep it real. But side note, part of this tip, artificial is totally okay too. <laughs> so I've already told you a little bit that 
one way to keep it really simple is I just took evergreen clippings and I just laid them in places. I mean, it was that simple. And if you have the right kind of evergreen, it's amazing how long it will hold its needles. I am not a evergreen expert. So I do not know what specific tree this is that we have. I don't know if you look at the pictures and if you know evergreens, you'll know. But this particular tree that we have a lot of in our woods, it doesn't lose its needles. I'm not kidding. Like I will have it out for five or six weeks as a decoration, not lose a needle. Um, I have heard that you can like spray them, even though you've clipped them and laid them in places, you can spray them to help them maintain some of their vibrancy. I don't know if that's true. I have, I don't have a need to do that because this works for me, but if you just lay them across mantles or in windowsills, it can be so easy to make things really pretty. You also could just get baskets or wooden boxes or whatever works for you that you have on hand and fill it with some evergreen. But if you have some artificial items as well, it can really add like a little bit of pop of color or a pop of glitter or sparkle. And in some cases, it can really make things more simple because the specific thing I'm thinking of is our advent wreath. We have an advent wreath that sits on our kitchen table. And ideally, we don't do this every night, but ideally the idea is that we light the candle for the week every night and read a verse that goes along with the advent season. But this wreath has to be moved a lot because it's right in the middle of our table. We use our table for, you know, all kinds of things, not just eating. And you want to be able to get it out of the way if we want the table space. So I love it that I have an artificial evergreen, not evergreen, what I want to call it, an artificial green, you know, wreath that is the base of my advent wreath. And it's nice and sturdy. It's just one piece, really easy to pick up, move around. But then I take some real evergreen and just stick it in around the top and the sides in areas that it makes it look fuller and it makes it look more real and it makes it just look prettier. And this year I used some dried oranges and propped them around and some pine cones. And then I took some ribbon and you know, round it around on the top of the wreath. And it just, it's a nice way to have something that's artificial that winds up looking pretty, but it was so simple. I just grabbed a few clippings here and there, stuck them in and voila, it was done. So it's okay to use artificial too, I guess is my main point in that. <laughs> um, tip number five, take time to make things with the kids. It doesn't, <laughs> like the reader was reminding me about my tree. You know, it's the name of the podcast. Simple doesn't mean easy. It doesn't mean it's going to be faster. And it doesn't mean it's going to be easier necessarily, but it sure does make Christmas so much more meaningful. And it really does make it more simple if you're using something cool to decorate that you made with kids. Salt dough ornaments are great for that. I also like to add some cinnamon to my salt dough recipe. That gives it a little bit of a scent and it makes it look, you know, this cool brown color. I have recipes for both of those in an article that I will link in the show notes. And, um, oh, it's also really nice to just use twine and the salt dough ornaments and some dried fruit. I also have directions on making the dried fruit decorations as well, again, in the show notes. Um, but you just put them all together on a swag. You can add some Christmas looking kind of ribbon or color in some way. 
make some gorgeous garlands that kids made with you. And every time you look at it all season long, you know, you feel a great sense of accomplishment. It just makes you happy. Even if they're not Martha Stewart and perfect, it just, it feels so good to remember, oh, we did that this year. That was so much fun, you know, and it's great for the kids. Um, my voice just cracked. It's great for the kids. Another thing that we did was to make a fun, I guess you would call it garland out of letters and spell out a saying that we could hang and we are going to keep it and reuse it every year. Uh, we spelled out, come let us adore him. And we simply used, uh, I think it's called interfacing. You can get it at fabric stores. I'm really not in fact, I'm not at all any kind of a seamstress, so I'm really not even sure what you use interfacing for. But I can tell you it's like to stiffen up fabric. I don't know when you want fabric to be stiffer, but <laughs> that's what it's called, interfacing. And you can get it so it has an adhesive uh, backing to it. So we just used, I think we used the light. I think it comes in light and heavy. Um, just took off the adhesive paper and stuck on burlap to the interfacing and then cut out the letters to spell what we wanted it to spell. Used a hole punch to make the holes and string twine through the letters. So they just dangle from the twine. Anyway, so I hung that up over our Charlie Brown tree and I thought it was really, after I did it, I stood back and looked and I thought, you know, that actually sums it all up that instead of being focused on the craziness and busyness and special traditions that we absolutely have to do with Christmas and having a perfect tree, instead, let's just adore him. Let's focus on Christ. So our little Charlie Brown tree is pointing literally right to the words, come let us adore him. So I didn't plan that all to be like this symbolic meaning to me or anything, but that's what it means to me now. I stand back and I go, yes, that's what I want this Christmas to be about. So before we wrap it up with tip number six, I want to kind of pause this podcast for a second to fill you in on a few things, or I should say maybe remind you, if I mention any special products or special offers in any podcast, um, you might be interested in checking out the items mentioned at solelyrested.com slash coupons. That's where you're going to find the special offers of my favorite things that I have worked together with some of my favorite small businesses to be able to offer you. So solelyrested.com slash coupons. I try to always keep that updated and relevant with current favorites. Also, Solely Rested Swag kind of exciting. There's new coming in the near future and you can stay updated and check out that cool swag over at solelyrested.com slash gear, G-E-A-R, gear. And as always, show notes from previous podcast episodes, from this one, from any podcast information whatsoever can all be accessed at solelyrested.com slash podcast to leave a review of the show. I would be elated to hear from you. Please just go to um, iTunes and leave a review there. You could also just go to solelyrested.com slash podcast, click the little iTunes connection, and then from there you can leave a review. 
and to access my subscriber resource library that is loaded with free eBooks and a slew of information, go to solelyrested.com slash snag free eBooks. The links for everything that I just said, you will find in the show notes. Okay, so back to those tips. The last one, tip number six, scour the barn, the attic, the basement, the corner recesses of your house for something cool to keep it simple this year. For me, I had two coffee tables in two different rooms that were completely bare and staring at me for many days. I don't know if you guys were like me, but like, I can't just do everything at once. Like I can't just spend all day getting all the decorations up and being done. Like I have to do it in little bits. And mainly it's because I have to think through things and I have to process and go from room to room and look. Not like I spend time doing this, but it's like subconsciously. And I'm thinking, ah, that area needs something. And then I think about what might look good there and come back to it. So these tables were just like staring at me, you know, like, hello, there's nothing here. We need some decorations. And I decided, you know, I'm going to go up to the attic. I know I have some dishes and some pieces, pottery, even some wooden things from my grandmother, from Bill's grandmother. And I know there's got to be something up there that would just look really cool to somehow make it look Christmassy on these two tables. I didn't know what I was looking for. I just went. (laughs) So I looked through a few boxes that I knew had certain items. And I got really excited when I remembered I had an enamelware serving tray that was my mother's mom's. And it is, it has like this wide rim. Again, there's pictures in the show notes if you want to see any of this, but it has like this wide rim that's this beautiful Christmas red color. Now the center of the tray is covered with something that's like this flower cart looking thing, all these spring and summer flowers on a a cart with an umbrella and (laughs) not at all Christmassy. So I knew I had to cover the center part of the tray, but I knew that I wanted that on one of my tables. Kept looking and I found a dish from my same grandmother that was a cake, like a nine by 11 cake dish size enamelware. And it had a green rim all the way around it. I'm going, this is perfect. A red one, a green one. So I loaded up my arms with a few odds and ends like wooden salad bowls I saw up in my, you never know what's up in my barn attic. I, I kind of keep probably more things than I should, (laughs) but you know, I can't, I I love this stuff. I just don't have a place to have it all out at once. So I have it in boxes in my barn attic, but I got some like a wrought iron candle holder. Um, what else did I grab? I can't remember now, but I have my arms full with these things that I thought between these like eight items, these are going to work to fill these two trays and baking dishes, right. And have a cool Christmas centerpiece. So I fiddled around and wound up getting, putting some buckets of evergreen and some pine cones on the tray and filling the baking dish with a bunch of evergreen clippings and pine cones and a pottery poinsettia looking flower that Jordan had made for me many years ago that I absolutely love. That's just the perfect size. She didn't make it to be a candle holder. She just made it as a dish with like these flower petals coming out of it but the center of it is a perfect size for a candle holder. So I put a red candle in this really pretty poinsettia pottery flower, put that in the middle of the dish and surrounded it with all the other things. 
And both of these tables, both of these displays make me so happy. I don't know if anybody else thinks they're pretty. You know, I, I, I don't know, but they look really pretty to me. And the memories that are held, if you want to say it that way, the memories that these displays hold for me, I mean, it's priceless. And specifically this one tray of my grandmother's, I never had decided how to use it, never have used it until this Christmas. So it specifically is a very meaningful to me, but you never know. My real point in all of this is you really never know what, I mean, if you're like me, maybe you're not like me, maybe you guys are really tidy and don't keep anything and don't have any boxes of stuff. And then this isn't going to help you, but <laughs> if you're like me and you have a few boxes stashed away of special things that you never knew how you were going to use or you don't use. Think about pulling them out. Maybe you have some china or some crystal or some special plates or who knows, something that a grandparent or a great aunt or even just a friend gave you years ago that would be perfect for a Christmas display of some sort. And trust me, it will make you smile all holiday season long. So there you have it. There are the six tips for what they're worth. I hope that at least one or two of them was inspiring and helpful to you. Let's recap. First of all, keep it fun. It's okay if it's not beautiful. It's definitely okay if it doesn't look like Martha Stewart. And whatever that means for you, whether it's you know music or anything you can do to relax ahead of time, like taking a long bath or getting out the candles. For me, it was definitely getting out the old vinyl records. That's what kept it fun this year. Number two. Forage for things whenever possible. There are gorgeous things out there in nature. If you have access to some of it, whatever it happens to be, use that, stick with that, keep it simple, and be creative. Number three, keep the trees simple sometimes. I know that for most years, you want your typical tree with your very special ornaments, but once in a while, consider not getting them out keeping the tree very simple. You don't have to go all out with the Charlie Brown tree like we did, but you know, you get the idea. And tip number four, keep it real, but artificial is okay too. And find a nice combination, a nice way to combine some artificial decoration with some of the real things that you have foraged. And it's a great way to keep it a simple Christmas. Number, what are we on? Five. Number five, make things with the kids. It's going to take a little bit more time. It's going to maybe get a little messy, but it's such a wonderful way to enjoy a simple Christmas. And finally, tip number six, scour the recesses of your home for something really special that you might not use otherwise that might be gorgeous for a very simple Christmas decoration. And there you have it. I want to thank you for listening as always, guys. I Nothing that I do related to Solely Rested would even be meaningful without you guys. So thanks for being here. Greatly appreciated. If you want to reach out to me, I can be found in a lot of different places. Please reach out on Instagram, solely.rested, or on Facebook, solely rested with Michelle Visser. And um send me a message anytime at solelyrested at outlook.com. It's S-O-U-L-Y rested. And again, links to all that are going to be in the show notes. Oh, I almost forgot. I want to give a shout out to today's listener. I have to pull this open one second. Okay. It actually doesn't have a name attached to it. It has like a Instagram handle looking thing. <laughs> um, Ushtmish is today's listener that 
left a review over on iTunes, and this is what she said. I love listening to Michelle's encouragement through her podcast. Oh, thank you. As a stay-at-home mom with preschoolers at home and working to better myself and the work I do here at home, she is such an inspiration, even more so while working through coronavirus pandemic. You know, that absolutely warms my heart. I can't tell you <laughs> how sweet that is and how good that makes me feel to know that I was an encouragement to you. I mean, that's that's what this is all about. That's why I'm I do what I do, to just know that maybe I can help a few people. And encouraging is the best way that I think I could help you. So thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for leaving a review. And that's it for today, guys. I hope everything is absolutely fantastic in your neck of the woods. And I hope you have a truly blessed, wonderful Christmas season. 